I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. My guest today is Dr. Steen Van Hoole, a clinical psychologist and professor at Ghent University, Belgium. He's also a privately practicing psychoanalyst and a member of the new Lacanian School for Psychoanalysis. He's the author of The Subject of Psychosis, A Lacanian Perspective, as well as Diagnosis and the DSM, A Critical Review, and Psychiatric Diagnosis Revisited, From DSM to Clinical Case Formulation. Well, we could start with the work on the DSM and how you got into that because it's so interesting and important. Yeah. Okay, so basically I I must return to 2006. Um, At that moment I was appointed uh, as a professor, associate professor at Ghent University. And one of the courses that I had to teach was um, clinical psychological assessment. Um, and there I was expected also to give students in the second year of the bachelor program some general introduction into questions of psychological assessment. Before me, Paul Verhaag had been teaching that course, Uh, but basically the moment I was appointed, people wanted me to bring something else, uh, something that was more attuned in some way or another to current questions in clinical psychology and I took it quite literally and then said okay but I will for example examine the DSM and all the claims around the DSM and the history of the DSM and the usefulness of the DSM and yeah build a class where we reflect on it critically Uh, but not just DSM I also discussed like questionnaire assessment and starting from that exploring like more philosophical questions about what is it assessing people what is it suffering what is a symptom Um, and along that way i kind of introduced people to the idea that we need indeed theory to think about psychological phenomena and also like kind of preparing them that psychoanalysis is one such theory that offers a fruitful and new perspective compared to the dominant DSM. So that, that was the class that I had been teaching for, um, I've been teaching that class actually for um, 13 years. Um, and after like 10 years of teaching, I thought I have a message that I can put into a book. Um, and Eventually, I ended up with my, my, my latest book then um, on the DSM, so, which is Psychiatric Diagnosis Revisited. Um, and in that book, indeed, I, I give that critical account of the DSM, exploring the idea that it would be a good instrument, meaning um, a reliable and valid instrument to assess psychiatric problems. And what I found is that there is no evidence at all for both claims. And then I explore in that book, okay, but what is psychopathology? How can we think about psychopathology? And then make um, the case 
of working with case constructions as an alternative to classifications. That's basically the, the gist of the book. Yeah, and it's really such important work because it really isn't question. Like when I, I have a PsyD, so I have a doctorate in psychology, and when I was in graduate school, there was no alternative given. I didn't even know that we were allowed to think outside of the DSM, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I must say that um, also here in the, in, the, in the training program at Ghent University, obviously it provides tension because some people are more willing to just accept the DSM as, uh, as uh, an account of reality. Uh, and then we start giving like different kind of courses. And that, of course, that brings tension uh, within uh, the university program. And is this in the clinical psychology program? Yeah, that's in the clinical psychology program. Yeah. Is it heavily psychoanalytically uh, based otherwise? Well, um, so in Belgium, the, the psychology program, it's a five-year program. Uh, and the Department of Clinical uh, Psychoanalysis and Clinical Consulting um, where I work, of which I'm currently um, the head, um, we actually teach in each year of the program. Um, and we start with um, courses on qualitative research are taught by people from my, my department, but also courses on um, cultural and critical psychology, and then clinical psychological assessment, uh, and then more psychoanalytic courses like a theoretical course in psychoanalysis, diagnostic course in psychoanalysis, and, and a couple of courses that focus on the treatment, uh, starting from psychoanalysis. Um, it's not dominated by psychoanalysis, but um, we do have an important share of the teaching uh, at the psychology students. So you can't study at Ghent University clinical psychology without being highly influenced by psycholytic thoughts. And some people like it, others don't. But what we see is that there is quite an impact of, 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 of psychoanalysis over here. But that's really nice because it sounds like each year is layered and that you also are including other viewpoints. Because I found that like, like the school I went to was very CBT and they didn't talk about anything else except for behavioral treatments, like literally behavioral, like systematic desensitization and putting people's hands yeah, in yeah. garbage cans to get them <laughs> to be not afraid yeah. of germs um, and CBT. And that was as far as it went. And then I found in New York, a lot of the schools are very psychoanalytic only and people don't really get the other perspectives to know kind of what the mainstream is talking about. So it's nice to kind of have it integrated. Well, in, in Ghent, it's like the CBT is the dominant paradigm, mm. like everywhere. Um, but there is psychoanalysis that is a different kind of voice that is accepted and there is also like uh, room for systems theoretical thinking so it's kind of more of a combined program that we offer um, yeah and there is tolerance um, to psychoanalysis there are people here also that are very critical about psychoanalysis but we managed to keep ourselves accepted within the faculty uh, up until now. So yeah, that, that's quite, in, quite interesting and good to observe that, of course. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into psychoanalysis personally? Well, uh, I studied also um, psychology in Ghent, 
Um, when I started, it was like in a general bachelor program where in, in social sciences, um, I could either go in social clinical social work or in um, educational science or in psychology. And I actually started with the idea of doing clinical social work. And then in the second year, I had two professors that kind of uh, alerted me about there is something else in the world, um, which was Julian Quattlebeen and Paul Verhagen. Uh, and they were both teaching classes on psychoanalysis and on Lacan. And there I was really touched by, by this very new way of thinking about human functioning. I had never thought about it. I, I had read some Sigmund Freud in high school just because I was reading everything I could, uh, I could find that, was some, some, uh, that had some interest. But I was never really touched by, by reading Freud as, as a young boy. So I read one of the works. I don't exactly know which one. Uh, but then in the second year of the bachelor program, I was really like heavily touched by the idea of psychoanalysis. And then I started with the first cartel in the third year. Um, when I was 20, I started reading seminar one. And I, I never stopped reading seminars. Uh, uh, this year I, I read the last one. So I'm uh, now completely finished reading all seminars of Lacan. Wow. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of an interesting uh, project, of course. Yeah. So that, that I was like, starting from the courses by Paul Vraar and Julia Quackelbin, I was really um, touched by psychoanalysis. And then I did my clinical psychology training program. And the moment I started doing clinical work during a clinical placement, I started my own analysis. Um, yeah. And that's, then I went, after graduating from university, I worked for three years in the clinic. And then I got a research grant and I returned to Ghent University I'm, I'm, and Paul Verhaag became my supervisor. And then I wrote a PhD and uh, then I had a postdoc and then an appointment as a, an associate professor. And yeah, here I still, still am, yeah. Um, I spoke to Danny Novus a few weeks ago and he said that Julian Krakowski was his big influence into Lacan as well. Well, he was the um, he was the senior professor um, of psychoanalysis who kind of installed the department of psychoanalysis here at Ghent University in the 80s. Um, so he was indeed actually a very influential figure. Um, and Paul Paul Verhagen was one of his first um, assistants. And Paul then w went his own way. And uh, the moment I was studying, Paul was a young professor. And Quackelbein was like an older professor, uh, and both were like bringing their own kind of reading of Lacan. And um, and then also, yeah, um, when I was studying, uh, Danny Noobs was actually a teaching assistant at the, at the department. So uh, Danny uh, was one of the persons uh, uh, when I was like, I think, 19 years old. He was like someone who was teaching me uh, about psychoanalysis. I think he 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 teached the uh, Freud's technical papers. That that was the topic that Danny was teaching at that moment. Yeah, that's great. Ghent is such a great hub. It must be so nice to yeah. be be in that community. Well, we 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 do. I do realize that that it's really quite kind of exceptional. Um, 
also academically, um, so we are with four full-time professors that all have an appointment in the field of psychoanalysis. Wow. And then we have a team of, of teaching assistants and research assistants. So currently the team is about 30 uh, persons, which is like a big crew. Um, and meaning that we do have some impact in, in, in the teaching uh, to, to, to the students. Huh? And this is, I think, quite unique in the world um, to have such a department. So it really is. But now you I'm, all I'm are kind of bringing it, care of it. Yeah, exactly. And now you're bringing it out with these Acre conferences. Should we talk about those? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it, I, I don't exactly know when, but some 10 years ago, um, at the conference in China, of all places, I um, was sitting at the dinner with Derek Hook and Callum Neal, and we were discussing Lacan, and we were all very enthusiastic, and, and we, we drank we a, um, a glass of wine, and then we got the, the idea that of writing um, a couple of books on every paper from J.A. Chris, and we would do a line-by-line -line reading, and um, a very fantastic project. And we just kept going. We just kept going with the idea and started contacting people. Um, and then gradually the idea really grew to publish three volumes um, that would provide like a paragraph by paragraph reading of all papers of the Acres. Uh, also with the idea of giving some contextualization in an introduction, but also in the discussion of the Acre paper of the references Lacan is referring to, um, trying to clarify some of his difficult jumps in his lines of reasoning. Um, and so that's how we developed the three books. So one is now published, uh, Reading Lacan's Ecrise, which is actually like the book that is on the last part of the Ecrise. The, the next one that is coming in uh, by the end of August will focus on the middle section of the increase and then hopefully next year in spring the third volume will come um, and that will be on the early Cree papers um, and then uh, parallel to the publication of the books we decided to hold conferences so we had the first Lacan Cree conference in Ghent in September last year which was like a, a rather big conference with 250 people from all over the world um, bringing papers and the only topic or the only question was focus on something of Lacan's increase and you can do it clinically theoretically culturally um, and now we have in, um, in this fall we have in Duquesne um, a second Lacan Cree conference, um, which yeah, obviously will attract a different audience because we were in Belgium, we were in Europe with the first one, and so the second one is in is in Pittsburgh, it's in the United States, and yeah, we'll have a different audience, but we also hope that some people that were in Europe uh, last year will come to Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, and that's where Derek Hook is based. Yeah. Absolutely. So are you going to yeah, have yeah. the third one in Ireland? Well, um, well, I, actually, Callum is from Scotland. Okay. He's from Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, 
we, we didn't yet schedule the, the third one, uh, but it's, it's quite probable that, it, that it, it could be Scotland indeed, uh, because there was also like a very good group of, um, um, of people working at Edinburgh, in Edinburgh on Lacan. Uh, so, yeah. And how's that project been to work on? Well, uh, tempting, um, but also very stimulating. Um, tempting because um, it's difficult to engage people that are really willing to go on with that project because we were quite strict in our guidelines. We wanted people to write a paper that would start from a paragraph a paragraph reading of Lacan's Écris. Some people didn't feel comfortable with that plan and just wanted to write a more reflective paper on on, on a certain paper by Lacan, but we didn't accept that. No, we said we have to, we have, to have a paragraph-by-paragraph paragraph reading. Um, so we had some discussion with the authors. Some people agreed, others didn't. Uh, but eventually we, we have a list of authors that indeed agreed with the idea and um, were happy to go on um, with the project. So that was the tempting part, but on the other hand, um, it's so fascinating to to follow people in in, in, in the way they construct the papers. And um, I was also fascinated, like by reading people's interpretations and clarifications. I I thought I had been studying Lacan for quite a while, and I understood something about Lacan by reading him, his work uh, so intensely. But then again, I see fresh uh, interpretations, uh, sentences I've been looking at, uh, looking at for years and I didn't understand and somebody just says a little sentence about it and it, it becomes clear. So it was very refreshing uh, and that's actually what we hope that we will establish with that book project that um, it, it should be accessible for people that start reading Lacan so that they don't um, step out because it's too difficult reading the Eucharist themselves, which is true. Um, it is difficult. So we, we want to help people to to enter the, into the text, but at the same time, we want like more experienced Lacan readers to find in those books um, a useful background and a useful dialogue partner, maybe a dialogue partner you don't agree with, but we, we do want to have some some reference points, starting from which uh, a serious, like, systematic discussion of Lacanian texts is possible. No, that's wonderful. David Lichtenstein in New York uh, had a reading group, or has a reading group that I went to for years, where we would read uh, pieces from the Agri line by line together, and sometimes it would take us, like, two years to get through one paper. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> We just discussed yeah, yeah. it for so long. There's, it's so rich. It's so incredibly yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah, that's also the difficulty when you write a commentary paper on one of those decrees. Um, it's so challenging for an author because um, on many sentences you could start reading and exploring and reading the seminars and questioning what is he alluding to and what did other people write about it. And then it becomes like... A PhD, uh, but we, we didn't want to to have like 40 PhDs. We wanted to have 40 <laughs> chapters. So, but yeah, 
in the end, I'm, I'm happy with I'm happy with the results that we that we do have now. Yeah. Um, and what we also see is that people like Danny Nogus and um, Adrian Johnston they they started writing a monograph starting from the chapter they first wrote for um, for the reading Lacan's Equis books, and so which is also interesting to see. Right, that's what I was going to say. You could turn each one into a book, essentially. It's, a, it's yeah, own book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And two people did it by now, so maybe many more books are waiting. Uh, I don't know. That's wonderful. So you have... We didn't talk about your first book on psychosis. Yeah. Actually, that, that, that's also a book that was um, a result of my teaching. I must observe that um, the books I write are an effect of my teaching. Um, so from 2003 onwards, I was responsible for a course in the last year of the master's program where we discuss psychosis with the students from Lacanian perspective. And one of the things I initiated was a close reading of um, on a question, Lacan's paper, uh, on a question uh, preliminary to any possible treatment of psychosis. I was reading that with, with the students and at the same time, like discussing case studies. And then I, by, by reading so much about psychosis, I thought I, I, I want to write it down. And then I started like writing chapters. And first I wrote a paper on hallucination. Uh, and then I saw I, I can write more about this this middle, the structural period of Lacan, and and I started writing. And then, okay, I'm gonna add something about the early period. And then I had a book in mind where I would add the whole innovation around Jouissance and Object A on the one hand, and on the not theoretical reading uh, around Seminar 23 on the other hand. And that's how I conceptualized the book. And um, yeah, once it was conceptualized, um, I wrote it in in a year. Um, but that was an effect of my teaching um, on on psychosis. Um, and currently, I'm I'm I'm, I'm um, working on a new book project. Um, this year, this academic year, I started a new course at Ghent University. We had a, a reforming clinical psychology um, a couple of years ago, which has an, has an effect that the impact of psychoanalysis is actually higher now than it was before, um, which is very good for us and uh, very stimulating. And amongst others, I have this one new course um, that I give to the third year of the bachelor's program where I introduce um, a theoretical perspective on psychoanalysis. Uh, and there I actually teach Lacan combined with Freud for students that don't know anything about psychoanalysis. And it's, a, it's an obligatory course, so they don't choose for psychoanalysis. Many of them just arrive with the idea of it's outdated or it's not scientific. Um, and so this year I, I, I gave this course and it was for me so rewarding um, to do that, to speak to people who don't know anything about psychoanalysis. 
who don't know anything about Lacan, never heard about Lacan. Uh, and so now I, I have the idea, idea in mind that I'm, I'm ready to write a book for a big audience, uh, a book on Lacanian psychoanalysis and how it helps us to, to have just a different view on human functioning and a different view on the discontent uh, everybody in our culture is suffering from. So that's, I'm, I'm, I didn't start writing yet, but I'm, I'm elaborating it in my mind right now, that new book. Conceptualizing it. No, and it's really important, and I think right now is a really fertile time for psychoanalytic thought because I think people in general are really tired of being over-pathologized and having everything be like biologically determined and having everyone have all these biological deficiencies that they can't do anything about when it's just not true. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's also the point where I see that uh, young students get interested in psychoanalysis because we can talk about the deadlocks and the dominant approach. Um, and there, there is an opening to start talking about other things. Um, and psychoanalysis, along that way, we can, we can enter into the discourse of young people. Exactly, exactly. And I found, I try to get psychoanalytic thought out to the general public more through doing events that are like about art or things like that. Um, that will draw people in for other reasons besides their interest in psychoanalysis, which they might not have yet. (laughs) And then I try to talk about psychoanalytic ideas uh, through these other mediums. And I found that they're really well received because it's a really creative way of thinking and people that aren't uh, into the current paradigm uh, seem to be really open to it, especially if they don't realize it's psychoanalysis <laughs> right away and whatever yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. stigma that comes with that's been pre-programmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also an effect that we see in Ghent. So we also have uh, uh, two classes that we teach um, from a de- uh, organized by the Department of Psychoanalysis in uh, people who do a master in arts uh, at, at university. Um, and there we have a course uh, like art and psychoanalysis, uh, which also works very well because people who are discussing art are very open to psychoanalytic ideas um, about how to read art, how to what, what is art, and uh, psychoanalysis gives a, fr- a fresh, new perspective for those students. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think art is a very good way of also like. Uh, bringing, articulating something about the relevance of psychoanalysis. Exactly. What's the psychoanalytic yeah. community like there? Is there like an institute or Lacanian group or? Well, uh, the landscape in Flanders, because we have to speak about Flanders then, is quite complex. Uh, so Flanders is uh, part of Belgium. Um, Flanders is about I think six million people, um, and there we have sev- several psycholytic groups. We have more I- one IPA-related group. We do have um, a younger group. We do have an independent group, and we have two Lacanian schools. And the two Lacanian schools both originate in Ghent when there was there was in the 1980s and the nine and the 1990s there was one group of uh, Lacanian psychoanalysis in Ghent, but then there was a split. 
And now there are two groups, and one is affiliated with the New Lacanian School and the World Association of Psychoanalysis, and the other one is more affiliated with a number of other smaller Lacanian groups in Europe. So, but these are two vibrant communities of, of Lacanians, I must say, here in Ghent. Like, both are very active organizing lectures and, and seminars and attract students and, and, and young people. Uh, so, but there are par- parallel groups of Lacanians that are working and that are working across Flanders, but mainly in Ghent both. That's wonderful. I just recently moved to Stockholm and there was two conferences here over the past couple of weeks. Um, one, the SIP conference, International Society for Psychoanalysis and Philosophy. And then one was uh, Lene Osted's conference, Psychoanalysis and Politics. And they were both yeah. fantastic and it was a really good way to kind of meet more people in the community. But apparently I'm the only Lacanian here in Stockholm. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's interesting. There's a group in Gothenburg, which is a city about three hours away, and I'm going to meet them next week and see if maybe they have some sort of group going on or study group, or otherwise I'm just going to have to start one. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely, you should, yeah. Um, So is there anything else that we should talk about that we haven't gotten to? We did your psychosis book, the DSM books, the Acree conferences and books. The book you're working on now. What else, Dean? Um, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm also working on a, on another book project, also with Derek Hook. We are editing um, a book on depression and melancholia from a Lacanian perspective. Um, with that, that will include papers by Derek, by me, by Russell Grick, and by Dali, that by Dalian Leader and by Joachim Kowe, who was one of my PhD students. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's also a new book project we're working on. Uh, I think that that book should be ready later this year and maybe published next year, something like that, yeah. That's great. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm afraid that's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Only a dozen books on teaching and private practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And conferences. <laughs> Sometimes it's busy, but it's interesting, so, yeah. No, it's wonderful, and it's, like I said, it's so nice that you have such a vibrant community, not only in the psychoanalytic community, but at the university as well, because that's really hard to find nowadays. Yeah, that's why I, what I realized, that in many places, um, it has become very difficult for psychoanalysis at the university. Um yeah, we see that, that that places have to stop or don't, don't find students anymore. Um, but in Ghent, it's, it's working pretty well. Um, yeah. And that's what Danny Nobis talked about as well, because he's been at Brunel University for like 25 years, and they just closed their psychoanalytic department. And now he's teaching yeah. research methods. I know it. And that's, that's really sad, um, both in terms of the university and also in terms of... Uh, like Danny, with all his experience, that he has to teach like research methods. Uh, it's a real pity. Yeah, because he's uh, such a good resource. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, yeah. Was there anything else you want to talk about? 
No, I'm fine uh, with, with the talk that we had. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's great. You're doing so much. Yeah. It's so rich. Yeah, uh, it, it's sometimes very busy, but um, it's interesting to hear myself speak about it because then I realize what I'm, uh, the, the, the many things that I'm doing <laughs> for the moment. So, exactly. Uh, yeah. And we're always the ones listening, so it's nice to nice to speak about it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do yeah. you all ever have any conferences or study groups or anything that someone like me could fly into now that I'm so close? Um, well, um, let me think. We do have, uh, each summer, we have um, a summer school at university, which is a one-week course, and this year... We will focus on seminar 23. Uh, so that's a one week, uh, five days only seminar 23. That's amazing. Um, that we will work on. Yeah. So if you're interested, that's you. Very, you would be very welcome, of course. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Did you read about it or not? No. Okay, I'll I'll send you some information about it. You can see if uh, if you're available at that moment, but uh, I think it will be very good. It yeah, will be led be by it will be led by Lieven Jonk here. He's also an analyst in Ghent, who is very well um, knowledgeable about Lacan. Um, he's both clinically very good and also conceptually very good. So I, th I think it it will be an excellent uh, summer school. Wonderful. Next week I'm in New York. Eh? I, I thought I would see you there, but you're not there I'm anymore. in Stockholm uh, now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, a conference on a day on psychosis, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I will be presenting an, a clinical case there um, on the treatment of melancholia. So, yeah. So it goes along with the book that you and Derek are writing, because he's going to be there too, right? Yeah, yeah. He's also in the panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So I'll make sure to link to yeah. that as well. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard a discussion with Dr. Steen van Hule. For more, please visit our website, renderingunconscious.org, where you can find links to all of his books as well as upcoming events. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. For Rendering Unconscious, Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry, please visit the publisher's website, trapart.net. That's T-R-A-P-A-R-T dot net. You can also visit my website, drvanessasinclair.net.